BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's up, everyone? Uh, uh, my name is Matt Connor. I've been hanging with Billy Ocean in the Caribbean, but now I'm here with Sterling Holmes, who y- your shirt has a, I don't know, maybe it's Caribbean, whatever. Uh, I'm back. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, uh, and it's good to be back. Sterling, my friend, I'm back from vacation. How much did you miss me? Were you singing some Lionel Richie, some, some hello, is it me you're looking for? Was that? I've missed you. I- I've missed you, plain and simple. I wanted to make a joke, but I can't. I missed you. You, th- you have sincere feelings there. You weren't going to make a joke. Sincere, baby. I, see, I'm a nice guy. I'm a, who, when have you ever found me to joke around? I, really never. I mean, honestly, that's, yeah. I'm a serious <laughs> man. Come on. Just a because I wear man. floral shirts and have a gorgeous mustache, you, you think I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a, a fool guy? No, no, no. I'm a serious man. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, folks, welcome to the show. We are uh, so glad to be back. I've been gone for the last like 10 days on this. Uh, I took a Caribbean vacation. It was like a cruise, but all of my in-laws were there. Like my in-laws, their extended family. So the first half of that sounds great. The second half of that balances out. Whatever you think of that. Uh, yeah, that's what it was. Um, no, I'm kidding. It was a good time. They're really friendly. I actually get along really well with my, with my family. So yeah, it was good. It was good to get away. It was good to good. Uh, but of course missed you all here. Chiefs kingdom. When I left, I thought, oh man, I'll, I'll bet I'll miss a bunch. I'm pretty sure the only move the chiefs made while I was gone was re-signing Dion Bush. <laughs> so yeah, I think I picked the perfect time to go on vacation. So, Hey folks, today on the show, we have a special guest who's going to be joining us. Uh, I'm glad to be back, but I'm also, I'm glad to be back uh, with Sterling, but Oh, we may have some connection issues. So maybe not. We have a guest who will be joining us at some point, hopefully um, Stacy Smith, who's been a contributor at Arrowhead addict uh, a lot over the years. We'll welcome Stacy in whenever his, uh, his connection is good and he's ready. Sterling, just from the top here, uh, before we dive into some Chiefs news, why don't we say a shout out to our friends and and then we'll get to what we know about the Chiefs here in the beginning of draft month. Yeah, so let me set the stage for you all here. I went and picked up my Never Say IPA from Casey Bierko. Uh Went down to Casey Bierko and it was uh, a fun time. Got to see Katie, got to pick up, I don't know, 30 beers. It was great. You're never going to complain. But I wanted to try this Never Say IPA. I was intrigued. So what did I do? I golfed in the morning when it was 36 degrees. I had some Blantons. Then I had uh, two Bush Lights. 
really set the stage for this. I wanted to make the most of it through a tri-tip on the grill, put a potato in the oven, watched some college basketball, and then cracked open my never say IPA. First words, holy bleep, this is good. I, I, I bleep you not, try not to cuss here because I'm a, I'm a professional man. I texted Katie Kamlin and I said, this is incredible. So I'm not lying. I wasn't expecting a ton. I love Casey Birko. You know, I love all their beers, but an IPA from a German brewery, a German style brewery, right? Little intriguing. Uh, it's amazing. I could not recommend this anymore. The Never Say IPA from Casey Birko, 21 and plus. Uh, please drink resp- uh, responsibly, but I am telling you right now, that Never Say IPA is phenomenal. By the way, I love the way you set the mood. You're like, picture the potato on the grill, picture the tri tip. Picture the mood, the mood, the curtains are drawn. Lionel Richie's on. Never say die IPA or never say IPA and my potato. Anyway, yeah, you I got a little intimate at, there, is all I'm I, saying. It was I like, had, I, 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 afterwards, I had a, a Blanton's in one hand, a cigar in the other hand, and I was uh, sitting by the fire pit at night. It was uh, me and some guys, and we we're hanging out. You should have heard my voice. Dude, my voice sounded like I was a 1970s chain-smoking radio host. I was just sitting there just like, now here's why I think the Chiefs are going to be great next year. Buckle in, everyone. Like, it was just, my voice was just torched. I <laughs> uh, love it. Love it. Angry Jerk of German says, I'd love to try it, but the AA people refuse to ship booze. That sounds obvious. But, you know, we like to please our customers. I mean, we like we want to serve people as best we can. There are some laws out there. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're well, not bootleggers. I might look like I'm yeah. a bootlegger, but I, I, I am not. Right, right. That right. you know of. We do, we do. Well, folks, let's get to let's get to some things in in the news here, and I just want to start with the Chiefs news roundup. Sterling, uh, look, here's what we know. We knew that. So two years ago, the Kansas City Chiefs won the rights to market in two territories, Mexico and Germany. At that point, the NFL uh, got it down to Frankfurt and Munich as host cities. Last year, when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were announced as the home team um, and Tom Brady was going to go over to Germany, play in Frankfurt, or I'm sorry, Munich, we knew then that the Chiefs were going to play in Germany in 2023. Then earlier this week, David Kaplan, who is a... uh, a local area uh, podcaster and radio host in Chicago, kind of like Sterling is here in KC, uh, saying that he has sources confirming that the Bears are going to be the team. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, das ist gut? Das ist sehr gut. Uh, this is outstanding. Uh, I, I'm excited for this. Uh, I don't want it every year, obviously, but the Chiefs in Germany seems like a fun excuse to go to Germany. I don't know if I'll go. I do speak... Ein bisschen Deutsch, a little German. Uh, I know how to order beers, dry beer, but wo ist ein Badzimmer? Where's the bathroom? I know a little bit. I know enough to maybe get by. Uh, das ist lecker. That's delicious, okay? So I know a little bit, but it would be fun to go. I think it's cool, something different. Uh, Kansas City actually has, or the Chiefs, I should say, have a fairly large fan base in Germany. Uh, they are one of the more popular teams in Germany. So that's going to be a really cool experience for the players going over there. Uh, it's a little bit like, maybe not to the same extent, but the Jaguars going to London, right? You know, uh, they, they go over there. They have a huge fan base. They're the home team. Well, Kansas City in Germany might feel a little bit like a home game for them. Not to the same extent. You're probably not smelling barbecue, but you'll be smelling some uh, some bitter schnitzel. You might have a little sauerkraut going and you'll have some great German beer. It seems like a fun thing for the players to experience as well. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, let's remember, you know, there's 17 games now. The Chiefs have nine scheduled, quote, home games next year. It, like at first I thought, oh, here's a missed opportunity for a really great game, right? I mean, the, look, let's be honest. The Chiefs versus the Bears, is it may be the easiest game on the Chiefs schedule next year, right? They have the Bills. They have the Bengals. They have... The Eagles, you even have good up-and-coming teams like the Detroit Lions. None of those teams are in the mix. None of the AFC West matchups were chosen here, too. But it also occurred to me that we never we see the same thing even in England, right? Like, those matchups are never, you know, like Patriots-Dolphins when Dolphins are good like last year. Or, or like, it's like Jags-someone, you know. It's a good team and an also-ran. 
I, I remember reading the stats last year when, when it was Tom Brady, the NFL's first venture in, they said, like, not only did the tickets, 75,000 seats, by the way, sell out in minutes, but at one point, 800,000 people were in the queue to buy tickets and then could not. Like, it was a, it was a overwhelming success. I'm thinking that Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to be playing anyone. It could be Jackson Mahomes and the Jackson 5 protecting him against Patrick Mahomes, and you'd probably still uh, you know, sell all 75,000 tickets very quickly. So, uh, yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes, but uh, but yeah, we'll uh Would I'm Deshaun excited. Jackson be his wide receiver? I think so. I I I think you'll have I think you have Tito. Je- I don't know. Anyway, we're taking this way too far. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and a 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Folks, we have... uh... I will say this before we move any further. I went to I went to Germany last year for the first time. Went to Munich. spent spent half a month in Munich last summer. If you if you get the chance to go, it's it is so many great so many things are so good about visiting Europe in general. Like things like taking trains or being able to walk places. Like they just have some of that stuff figured out. Um, and so it's really great. It makes such a great city to visit that if you could go and 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 put a Chiefs game with it, it, it's just an ideal vacation. Just an ideal vacation. If you're thinking about what to do this fall and want to go and, and you're on the fence, do it. Whatever you can to do it. So, yeah, want to put that out there. By the way, before we get anywhere else, uh, we have a special deal from our friends at uh, Caesars. Is that right, my friend? Oh, yes. You want me to do this, I'm assuming? I do. Okay. Yeah, we have a special deal at Caesars. Use code AROFULL and get your first bet on Caesars up to $1,250. You like money. I like money. So go win some money. Minimum 10 plus dollar wager required. Must register with eligible promo code. New customers only. 21 plus and present in Kansas. Gambling problem. Call text 1-800-522-4700 Kansas. See full terms at Caesars.com slash sportsbook and casino or in the description below. Again, code AROFULL on Caesars. First bet up to $1,250. I think our guest is ready. Uh, Stacy, you there? You good? I am here, yeah. sir. Yeah. Yeah, what's up, my man? How you doing? Uh, good, good. So glad to have you here. Folks, if you don't know uh, Stacy Smith already, uh, I just want to introduce, like, Stacy is an arts educator, a hip-hop artist, a music producer. I'm already feeling, like, lesser about myself, and I'm not even, like, partway through everything here. A graphic designer, full-time foodie, and part-time blogger who occasionally writes about the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. I'm excited because he recently returned to us at Arrowhead Addict after a previous stint as a staff writer between 2012 and 2017. I love this. Stacy called himself the Liberace of the lukewarm take and by all accounts, a great guy. He is. When I first joined Arrowhead Addict, Stacy was a part of the team and I just loved reading his stuff. If you Also, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you need to, at MC reach uh, what I, cause what I love Stacy, you're not afraid to go against the norm at all with your chiefs take. They're always reasoned, but you're always like out on your own limb. And I just think that's uh, a good balanced. Anyway, I just said a lot of things about you, but how are you today? I'm well, I'm well, I'm, I'm grateful to be on with you fellas today. Thanks for making a space for me. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I asked Stacy to be on the show today because he's actually written some great pieces for us recently and i thought man these are so perfect for like actual conversation and and debate on the show and i wanted you to be able to glean uh, or to be able to even discuss those a little bit more but stacy we want to invite you on for the whole show just to get your take on a lot of things we're in the middle of talking about some chiefs news 
Um, by the way, today news came out. Travis Kelsey uh, introduces Kelsey Jam, right? Like if there's any player who's going to have a music festival, which by the way, fronted by Machine Gun Kelly, Rick Ross, uh, and others, certainly it's going to be Travis Kelsey. My question is, what was your first thought when you guys saw Kelsey Jam as a thing? And would you or are you going to go? It's awesome. <laughs> I don't care for Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, I want to. I like Tech Nine. Tech Nine's great in concert. I wouldn't mind seeing Rick Ross. Uh, seems like a fun thing. And if anyone in the NFL were going to do this, it would be Travis Kelsey. He likes putting himself out there. He would be a great MC. You know, we, we've seen him after a Super Bowl win. Uh, he's good on the mic, entertaining. I think it'd be fun. It's a great idea. It's just a tiny, tiny, tiny Lollapalooza, but make it Travis Kelsey based. I'm in. Love it. Stacy, what were your thoughts on, yeah. on Kelsey James? You know, I, I think it's interesting. I think he's become the guy that is transcending football at this point, and he kind of has his things in, in his hands in all things entertainment-wise. So, you know, it's a really cool thing to bring to the city. Um, I definitely am interested in going to see Rick Ross if no one else. Um, I'm with Sterling. I'm not really a big fan of Machine Gun Kelly, a bit of a fan of Tech 9. So, you know, that's a pretty solid lineup. So, absolutely, if I'm not at the draft – on that evening, I will certainly be in the building. Yeah, I I, I love um, what I the, love. This shirt screams Kelsey Jam. Come on, this <laughs> is a little. Bit, come on, this guy is going to Kelsey Jam. <laughs> I'm not sure where that guy's going, other, other than like uh, a hammock, uh, <laughs> a hammock in the in the old folks' home. Yeah, I, I I here's what I love. I love. I I don't know. I, I guess I'm wondering how this happened because Kelsey's always been this way, right? I mean. I mean, in some ways we've seen like his on-field gestures that get him in trouble. We've seen like little bursts of personality here and there. But this year, this year, there's been this like weird coalescence of of all like all this charisma has risen and and the Chiefs profile and his profile and 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 so suddenly it's it's like like when you said he's transcended the NF, like it's true. He has like transcended the sport in a way that only like Gronk or like it's a real short list. It's a real short list of players who like truly sort of can can have this larger than life personality and kind of be likable even as they're not quite polarizing. I, I don't. It's the new Heights podcast. It's the su- second Super Bowl win. Then it's Saturday Night Live. Now it's cascading into other things. I, it just seems like out of nowhere, and then suddenly, like from year like eight to nine, Travis Kelsey's a new man. What was it last year? Either it was last season or the season before he hosted that weekend for fans to come and join. It was surrounding a, a game in Vegas with the Raiders. So um, he's he's really kind of over the last several years between the, the dating show, between the events oh, that yeah. he's been hosting. Um, I think he's really kind of rounding out his personality and, 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 and showing that he's a little bit more than football. So it's exciting to see how he continues to evolve. A fun dude, a good dude entertaining dude, a good looking dude, which obviously does not hurt. Let's be real. And I think it's just, everything's coming to a point, coming to a head. He has all this steam behind him. And it also shows you can be in Kansas city. You don't have to be in New York. You don't have to be in LA. Uh, If you're in the NFL, you can really make a brand and a name for yourself in any place. Uh, It doesn't have to be the big cities because Kansas city, decent sized city, but it's Kansas city and he's making a name for himself and becoming one of, if not the biggest brands in the NFL, by the way, where's my platform? I mean, cause what you just described is You're basically, it, <laughs> I mean, good guy. Good. Anyway, this uh, is the platform. Come this on. Is, yeah. This is my, Come this on. Is, here we go. Hey, uh, just uh, real quick. I, I wanted just to pick up on, I want to ask you to the news on Odell Beckham jr. The news on Deandre Hopkins is actually no news. It just, like these things keep lingering week after week after week. There will obviously eventually be some sort of resolution to both, but I'm wondering what the lack of action on both fronts means for the chiefs for each of you. Like, like, like uh, Sterling, I guess I'd love to start with you in terms of what you think that means for Beckham and Stacy. I'd love to get from you what you think that means for Nuke Hopkins. Yeah. With Beckham jr. Uh, I assume part of it is he's not getting the contract that he wants. Obviously, he's talked to a decent amount of teams, but he's probably not getting the contract he wants. He's in no rush. Him, DeAndre Hopkins, if you're a veteran at this point, you're in no rush to get a deal done. 
uh, you can take your time, kind of let the market settle go from there. There'll still be teams that are going to be vying for his services. Uh, he's not really done anything in three years now at Beckham Jr., but he still has that aura that surrounds him. Was it a catch? Sure. But it wasn't just the catch. It, it was his early season dominance or early career dominance uh, with the Giants. And one thing I like to point out, he was never a malcontent, especially when he was on a winning team like the Rams. When did you ever hear Odell Beckham Jr. complain about me, 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 me when he was on the Rams? He never did. He was fine being second fiddle to Cooper Cup. So I think some of those issues as far as the me first attitude is a little overblown. Uh, I'm not saying I would uh, be throwing a ton of money at him to come to Kansas City, but if you can get him for a decent deal and his own words were basically, I'm not looking for a massive contract, but I do think I'm worth more than one year, $4 million, I would be fine having him come here to Kansas City because I do think having a veteran wide receiver of his caliber would make this offense um, at least make the floor a good amount higher. Sure. Sure. Stacy, what's your take on that or, or anything to do with DeAndre? Yeah, you know, to echo Sterling sentiments, I think, you know, for the most part, the Cardinals organization, Brett Veach, all parties involved, no one, everyone's kind of playing chess. No one is pressed to get anything done. I think you may see more movement on that as we get closer to the draft, perhaps even on once the draft is underway. But it just seems like, you know, everyone is, is willing to kind of be patient and let the process unfold. And we'll see exactly what happens with the Chiefs if they add another body before the draft. But I think the Cardinals want good value for Hopkins. He's still one of the better wide receivers in the league, and they're not willing to just give him away. So uh, it means playing a little poker in the meantime. I think uh, that that makes sense for them. Did you guys hear anything about, I believe it was Albert Breer and DeAndre Hopkins when it came to um, the potential releasing of DeAndre? Yeah. Because that was fascinating to me because I, I thought the same thing, too. I thought at least a team would offer a fourth, a fifth for DeAndre. The contract is obviously not ideal, but it's not like a massive contract. You're averaging about, what, $17.5 million AAV. Obviously, DeAndre has shown and said that he would like to have a new contract, but also we kind of heard from him that it was a contender. Maybe he'd play on the current deal, a little bit of back and forth. But when I heard that the Cardinals might potentially just release – DeAndre Hopkins, that was surprising to me. I definitely saw that yesterday. I saw a piece about that on Twitter yesterday. And, you know, with anything, it's hard to know exactly how much of this you can believe this time of the year. A lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of uh, teams putting stuff out, agents putting stuff out. So you you just never know what to believe. But uh, certainly that would be an interesting situation if he did just hit the street. That's shocking to me because this deal is very palatable. Like to me, given his production, I mean, the guy, even, even last year, one, I want to say people were like, oh, he only played nine games last year, but so many of those were due to that suspension. I mean, it's not like if a guy gets that, it's his fault, but it's not like an injury that's going to like, he's going to re-injure himself. I mean, it's not like he's been Josh Gordon where it's like, oh my gosh, is he going to keep getting suspended over and over? It was like a one-time thing. Other than that, the guy averaged 80 yards a game. Like that's more than most, that's more than Kelsey, right? So, I mean, he's like, when he plays, he's very productive. And if you're going to pay that guy less than 20 million a year, I would trade for that any day. So it, it does seem like a cash, not cap issue is some yeah. of the stuff I have heard. It's not just his contract. It's not saying that the Chiefs don't want him here. It's a fact of can they legitimately afford to bring him here, especially if you're not redoing the contract, if, you, if you're not able to front load it, you're not trying to sit here and uh, pay a currently going to be a 31-year-old right when he's 34 or 35. That doesn't seem like the prudent move for a team who the past two off-seasons have shown us time and time again they're trying to get younger, more cost-controlled, and develop this talent in-house. Totally, totally. What would your thoughts be about the compensation? What would you be willing to give to acquire? I think a, a fifth-round draft pick would be uh, acceptable. I, I wouldn't even mind a fourth necessarily. I don't think a fourth is horrible. That's why I was a little surprised. I do think if you were to hit the open market, it actually is worse for Kansas City. I think there's other teams out there that can Great. offer more money to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, obviously, the Patriots are one of the teams that come to mind. Uh, you can talk about uh, the Bears with a uh, plethora of cap space that they have. Uh, I think if he hits the open market, it's probably not great for Kansas City. Uh, I personally would give maybe a fifth rounder if no one else is offering 
offering anything. Doesn't seem like a massive deal. I mean, how many draft picks do the Chiefs have? You think every single one of those dudes is making the roster? I'm not trying to say give up a top 100 draft pick, but I'm saying a fifth rounder, uh, I would definitely be okay with that. I, I mean, I would. I would go th- I would go third rounder for him. I, I mean, I, I really like Hopkins as an addition. He would be my big draw. I also understand, though, the Chiefs are looking at their assets going, we just traded a third and a sixth for a wide receiver. His name's Kadarius Tony. We've done that route, and we don't feel the need maybe to go out and get another top-tier receiver because maybe they view Tony in that way. That was the report from James Palmer earlier this year was that, is that the Chiefs are looking at Tony like a potential number one. So if that's the case, then we're all overreacting, and we don't need New Hopkins at all. We need, you know, a, a nice secondary receiver like a Juju Smith-Schuster or, uh, or otherwise. So, yeah, you know, it, it really is all about Tony. It, you know, we'll, we'll see how this plays out. I will say this very quickly. I think a lot of it also plays out on Sky Moore. Uh, I think the Chiefs are trying to see what they have in Sky Moore, at least starting off this season. Just because what you start the season with does not mean that's where you're ending the season. You can always have trades. Trade deadline's a thing. They can move some pieces. If they don't think Sky Moore is that guy or if they don't think a rookie is that guy, they can go out and make a move. So just because they start week one with whoever they have does not mean that's who they're going to end the season with. I will say Sky Moore, a lot of his underlying uh, tangible assets. You look at some of what he brings to the table. It reminds me a lot of Deontay Johnson, but with Johnny Benchy sized hands. And that's obviously a, a, a plus in, in a very limited sample size as a wide receiver, not as a punt returner as a wide receiver. I think he looked pretty damn good again, very limited, but we also know some of that's not just on him. That's on how this offense and organization is run. They don't throw rookies into the starting role. They're not going to give them a massive opportunity. So it's more of a, a tantalizing potential we're seeing here with Sky. Yeah, I think you've got to have one more guy just on the chance that Tony does not remain healthy in the new year and on the chance that Sky doesn't take another step. So who that guy is, I've been saying for a while, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Justin Watson come back to the team. Uh, maybe even one of the uh, former receivers, Pringle or, or Robinson, they have familiarity with the system. So I think you got to have one more guy. Real quick, folks, before we dive into some of our deeper topics scheduled for today, just want to let you know, we've actually restocked the Arrowhead Addict store. If you're looking to get swagged out, we've got you covered. The, uh, the new Arrowhead Addict merch store is now live. You can visit right now by clicking on the link in the description uh, of wherever you're l- watching or listening to the podcast. We've got shirts and t-shirts and baby onesies. Sure, why not? We even have a sweet pint glass. Pretty sure it's right there on your screen if you're watching to drink your KC beer from. Uh, look, that's not all. We have also a super secret promo code for this week's listeners, use code SUNKCOST, all one word, to get 10% off your order today. And make sure to use that fast because it will expire by this Saturday. Rep the podcast, save a bit of money, and uh, help support the podcast. It's great. We, of course, appreciate anything, all of your support uh, in that way. Sterling, you like that sunk cost. As yeah, you're... shout out Richard Producer using a little uh, slogan of mine. Appreciate that. I had no idea what it was going to be. Uh, Richard cost. gets to decide what the promo code is. And for me, that was a in-the-moment Surprise. So good job, Richard, our producer. Proud of you, man. <laughs> Thanks for that one. And so we wanted to invite Stacy on the show. He he actually wrote something today that went up at Arrowhead Addict and 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 also yesterday that we'll get to. Bringing up a great point, you know, the Chiefs have made a number, uh, a, a few moves. We'll say a handful of moves to, the, like, there's been very few splash moves other than, like, Jawan Taylor. But they've made moves to bolster various positions. We're talking Drew Tranquil, a, a linebacker. Mike Edwards and the return of Deion Bush at safety, you know, certainly Charles Aminahu and, and um, then the return of other familiar faces like Derek Nottie, et cetera, along the defensive front. Um, the goal there is to go into the draft, not needing anything or not having, you know, to sort of make a reach for something. Um, and then Stacy, you had a lot of ideas about other guys that the Chiefs might want to go after. I was hoping you'd kind of review that list for us or give us like, these are the guys I'd love to see so that, so that certain positions um, like wouldn't, like wouldn't be maybe the need that they are today. Um, can you kind of take us through your list and what you were thinking there? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, with the departure of Ronald Jones um, and also with Jerick McKinnon currently being unsigned, I think you want to have another guy in that running back room, preferably a veteran. Uh, so I, I was kind of combing through the list of what's out there, and I think J.D. McKissick might be a guy that would fill that role nicely if they aren't interested in bringing McKinnon back. Uh, I think McKissick is about a year younger than McKinnon. And so if they don't bring Jarek McKinnon back, I think he'd be a nice name to add to the room to give them a veteran presence, a guy who can, who has talent as a runner, but also can catch the football out of the backfield. So I think he would give them a very similar skill set when it comes to his versatility in the backfield. Would you, would you like to see McKinnon back more or a newer face like that? I think if, if I had my druthers, it would be McKinnon, right? Because he has, Time in the system. He has uh, experience yeah. with Mahomes and with Reed's philosophy. So I think, you know, if it's up to me, it would always be a player who was already in the system. Yeah. Let's look at wide receiver. You had a couple receivers. Um, one that Sterling's been beating the drum for um, for a little while, but also a name that kind of has been kind of cast aside by most fans um, given his recent history. Absolutely. So uh, both of these wide receivers are from uh, New York. Both of them most recently played for the Giants. Like you said, Sterling's been beating the drum for Richie James over the past several weeks. And I think at the time when I saw that tweet, I was like, "Ah, I'm not sure about that. There were some other names available. But at this point, now that the first wave of free agency is over, that cupboard is a lot drier than it was before. So uh, certainly I think he would be a guy. He had his best season last year. Um, playing for the Giants. He was their second leading receiver. So I think he has, you know, some of those, some of those skill sets that we've seen in guys like Hardman and Tony, I think they're, he can do some of those things. He's a little bit smaller as a receiver, but I think he could be very valuable in, uh, you know, in that back half of the receiver room. I think he'd give you some, some depth there. And then also uh, Kenny Galladay. I think he's a guy that also could come in and be, uh, you know, one of those wide receiver three, wide receiver four guys. I don't. I don't look at him to be a starter. I, would, I don't think that's the answer uh, to fill that role. But I think he can certainly be one of those reserve receivers that could give them, you know, some, some quality snaps. Mm. I, I find that one interesting because he has been, you know, he has enough of a history to be a load carrier to sure. earn the big contract in 2019. Yeah. I know. Well, that's the thing. You know, he, <laughs> yeah. There is that history, and then. He fell apart, and it makes you wonder. You know, the Giants weren't good for most of the time while he's there. New York itself does a number on on a number of athletes. Yeah, you know, it, it, was he just a one year wonder, and we're all like still punching after a punching bag? It's no longer there. Or, or yeah, I, I guess I just wonder kind of you know, how much had, is there. He had two excellent years. Your Sterling said in 2018, 2019, he put together like close to twenty three hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns. So. You know, but that was several years ago. You know, he yeah. came to New York on a big contract, seventy-two million dollars, and uh, he just not has not lived up to the promise. Um, but you know, he's he's still young enough that I think, you know, maybe in a new system, maybe with a guy like Andy Reid coaching him and giving him opportunities to scheme him open, uh, you know, he might be a solid addition. Again, I would not depend on him to be a starter here, but I think he does help round out that room. I'll give some positives. He is 6'4", and he's 29. But to me, you know when you spill mustard or coffee on your shirt and you can't get it out, so you just keep throwing it in the washing machine. You just keep adding some laundry detergent. Like, maybe this time it'll come out, but still not coming out. Like, let me throw it in again. And you just keep throwing it and throwing it and throwing it in there. That's how washed Kenny Galladay is in my mind. Like, I like Kenny Galladay. He was a really solid player for a while, but he got that contract, hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, I'm just out. Even when he's been on the on the field, the Giants were starved for anyone to take over. They were starved for anyone. That's how Richie James actually got the opportunity. Richie James took the opportunity and ran. Kenny Galladay didn't even run. He couldn't catch it, so he was off the field. So – I'm out on Kenny Galladay. I'm in on Richie James. I'm all in on Richie James. Again, I'm not saying a starting wide receiver, but again, as a depth piece, as the McCole Hardman role that would allow Kadarius Toney to not be the return man, it would allow Kadarius Toney to focus more on being the best wide receiver on the outside that he possibly could be. Uh, that would help, in my mind, Kadarius Toney stay healthy as well. So Richie James is more of an insurance policy taking the load off
off of Tony. Uh, again, don't know your thoughts here. I've been kind of preaching about maybe Corey Davis or Denzel Mims. Uh, Mims, the second round draft pick from 2021, if I'm not mistaken, from Baylor. He's about 6'4", similar frame to Kenny Galladay, but a younger version, less miles on the tires. That, to me, could be a little appealing. And also a New Yorker, but not the Giants, the Jets. I mean, somebody's got to shake loose there, right? You sign Nicole Hardman, you sign Alan Lazard. Uh, you know, somebody's got to wiggle free, even after they already traded. Um, who'd they trade? Elijah. Um, Elijah Moore. Moore. Yeah. Yep. So, and that's what I wanted. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Um, hey, let's switch to the defensive side here. Stacy. you had a couple. Uh, let's start in the secondary um, a lot of people would look at the Chiefs' corners and think, oh, we're, we're already young and we're set there. And But really, one injury, one issue can kind of capsize the whole thing. You'd like to strengthen that before the draft. Absolutely. I think, you know, you, you, you hit on three very quality rookie corners, but I think it's always beneficial to have a veteran voice in the room, right, and to have some depth. So Rocky Sin, I think, would be a guy who might be intriguing for the Chiefs maybe on a one-year deal. Uh, I believe there was interest there coming out. Uh, and I know that, Maddie, I know that's that's your guy. I know you, you've been pretty high on him in the past. So um, I, I'd like to see him added. I'd like to see him uh, be another piece in that room. Yeah, man, if they grab him, I mean, that length. I mean, to me, he's everything that Spags would love in a corner. Um, sure. uh, you know, you add him with Sneed to that mix you don't even need to draft a guy you're you know you're just you're so set there but um I, i'm not sure if the chiefs will pony up the money it'll probably take um to, to add a guy like that but you know if he were willing to take a smaller deal that that'd be great i would be happy with rock yasin you know second round draft pick out of temple he's six foot uh, a little bigger bodied for a corner. It's funny. You say six foot for a corner. That's typically kind of your bigger corner. And then you say six foot for a wide receiver. And you're like, that guy's tiny. Uh, it's just wild the difference in sizes there. But I think Rocky Sin would be a great bet. I don't know what his market would look like. Um, I don't know how much he could truly get on the open market. If you're a PFF person, he was more in the average range, but he wasn't in the best system. Uh, I, I trust this Chiefs secondary, their coaching staff to get the best out of their players. Uh, sometimes you can say, do they get the best out of their edge rushers? Maybe not. Although with Joe Cullen there, maybe you can make the case this past season with their cornerback rooms, and their cornerback coaches, they definitely do get the best out of those players. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. What about, uh, let's wrap this up. Like you had a fifth player on defense another position to address there yes Jack Lawson uh I think he would be and I think there there's probably room for one more rotational edge rusher and so I think he might fit that bill um has that prototypical spag size and uh, I believe he had three and a half four sacks last year so you know he could be that guy uh in the mode of a Carlos Dunlap last year play significant stabs kind of spell Harloftis spell and Minahue and give them some valuable snaps as a rotational rusher. Are you slotting a Minahue in the in the starting role vacated by like Frank opposite? Yeah, I, I, I certainly would think so. I, I just I just think in terms of pure talent, he, he's going to be one of the, the more talented players in that room. Uh, it wouldn't okay. surprise me at all if early on maybe Mike Dana was back outside as the starter, uh, but I, I think ultimately that's his job to lose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I'd like to see loss. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shirk at that one at all. I, th I think you're right. You know, we need another signing there before the draft would just make it that much more comfortable, um, for sure. So a little bit more shopping would be great. Yeah, I'm with you. I think a veteran guy makes sense. I think Shaq Lawson's probably going to be one of the more inexpensive options looking at the free agent class. You're not getting Bud Dupree, Leonard Floyd, uh, J.J. Watt. He's retired, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. Robert Quinn, who the Chiefs were clamoring for, for Wiley's Chiefs fans. Uh, you see what happened when he got that large contract. The Eagles didn't go over so well. Uh, good thing the Chiefs didn't spend all that money on him. The name that I'm most intrigued about intrigued about is Unique Ngakwe. Uh, I looked up what he's done since he came to the NFL. His fewest sacks in a year has been eight. 
He's healthy and he's consistently in the eight to 11 sack range. Uh, he's going to be way too expensive for the Kansas City Chiefs to afford. But Yannick Ngakwe would be a very interesting add. Um, Clowney still won, but Clowney, I still think, is going to that one play alone from college, still getting him signed to one year, $10 million deals. So uh, he'll be out of the Chiefs' price range. But one name I wanted to bring up, didn't know your guys' thoughts here, uh, Marcus Golden. Uh, Marcus Golden, uh, Mizzou alum, obviously, he's kind of bounced around the NFL. He had his best year a couple of years ago, kind of started to break out. Then haven't heard much from Marcus Golden recently. That might be another name, a veteran guy. He's 32 at this point. I uh, didn't know if that intrigued you guys at all. I think certainly in terms of value, he'll, he'll, he'd be relatively easy to sign. I think he could, again, be a rotational piece. You, you're not, you know, you don't want him to play. He's not going to start, uh, but certainly I think right. he would bolster that room in the way that, you know, players like Melvin Ingram, Carlos Dunham have over the last couple of years. So, yeah, I'd be interested in that. It's wild, his numbers. If you look back at his career, he had four sacks as a rookie, then moved to defensive end instead of outside linebacker and had 12 and a half, then only played four games the next season then two and a half sacks in 11 games. Then in 2019 with the Giants, bounced back, started playing outside linebacker outside linebacker again and had 10. Uh, and then had, what's this? Uh, four and a half, then 11 with the Arizona uh, Cardinals in 2021. And then only two and a half last year. So you've seen a high high highs, low lows. Uh, feels like you get him cheap. I, I would take a flyer on him personally because it's not going to be expensive. Uh, but yeah, I think him, Shaq Lawson, they both make some sense. Cause again, we're not, we're not talking about a, a starter here. We're talking about a rotational guy on a cheap deal. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to kick any of these ideas out of bed. Although I will say uh, a yearly dependence upon a guy who you're still crossing your fingers, hopes has something right? Like last year with Dunlap, the year before with Ingram, the year before that with Ingram, for that matter. Um, you know, I would love to get to the point where adding one of these guys is just the cherry on top versus, yeah, we need him to come through to to finish, to really round out the group. Um, I'm ready for, you know, we've got a decent group, and if he adds something, that's great. Like, Like, instead of needing these guys to really contribute something, I want these guys chasing the Chiefs with something to prove for a ring versus the other way around, and it still feels like we're on that side of the teeter-totter for me, where we're throwing around names hoping that, that is this the bounce back here, you know, that kind of thing, or is Dunlap going to be finished, or can we squeeze another year out of him? Like that, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready for further youthful investment more than I am, sure. you know, chasing these some of these ghosts. That's, um, that's a fair hey, point. I, I think that's, I think that's exactly what it would be. You know, I, I expect the Chiefs to, to draft an edge player with one of their top two or three picks. So uh, I think you are going to get, you know, an impact player early in the draft. And I think this guy would just be another body to keep, you know, to help keep everybody fresh. Yeah, yeah, the Eagles went about eight deep on their offensive line or the defensive line last year. And I think you're kind of starting to see that more around the NFL. Some of these hockey changes, if you will, keeping them fresh. Uh, yes. I could see the Chiefs having uh, just a deeper defensive line, rotating guys in and out, uh, go six, seven deep that you trust. That would make some sense. Uh, by the way, some commenters agree with you, Sterling. It looks like uh, Jerome Bunker says with uh, Joe Cullen as coach, it might be worth it for Marcus G. Uh, angry, angry, drunken German, uh, who will enjoy having the Chiefs on his home turf. Apparently, uh, said I didn't know that he was that productive, which is true when you're talking about some of those sack numbers. Um, Sean says he's due. I don't know if that's Marcus Golden. I don't know if that's a pregnant man. I'm not sure who that is. Is due, <laughs> but uh, sure, we agree with Sean. Um, yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting to see who they pick up. There's got to be some pick up there. But, Stacey, I wanted to come back around to you and just ask, you know, it's, it's nice to think about further shopping, but is there a single position that you're like, yeah, the, some of these aren't just like nice additions. The Chiefs, is there a position you think the Chiefs have to address, even in like with a minor signing before the draft? I think it's my receiver. Yeah, I think it's wide receiver. I know a lot of people are banking on Tony 
being healthy and being their number one. I think certainly there, it's not a talent question. It's a question of whether or not you can be durable. And I just don't know that you can rely upon that yet. I think we saw some great things from Sky Moore, but again, I'm not sure you can bank on him taking another step. I think you need another reliable guy. So, you know, were I Brett Veach, that's the position I would absolutely address before the draft. Sure. Sterling? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just, I think a veteran wide receiver, not asking for a lot, but I think a veteran wide receiver would make a world of difference. Uh, make me feel a lot more comfortable. Again, I'm not saying Brett Veach has no idea what he's doing. I'm not saying he doesn't have a plan. I know this might be uh, someone screaming at me saying he, he knows what he's doing. You know, two Super Bowls in five years, you know, been to three. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. He knows what he's doing more than I do. But again, when you don't always know the plan, it's easy to, for us on the outside being like, what the bleep is happening? What's going on? So again, he knows what he's doing, but there's still a little part of me saying, please do something. Please do a little something. <laughs> um, hey, so uh, one of the thing that Stacy wrote this week actually stemmed from a conversation we were having when we went back and forth talking about um, the Chiefs' positional coaches, um, and just I don't even want to set the stage here, Stacy. I'm hoping you will set the stage for the main idea is this: Do the Chiefs have a problem with some of their positional coaches? And I will make the disclaimer up front: Look, we're talking about a Super Bowl winning squad. We're talking about a coaching staff that just hoisted the Lombardi playing the third most rookie snaps across the roster, like on, like in the NFL. So of course these coaches are great overall. And we've even been singing the, but we've been singing the praises of Joe Cullen as a positional coach, just along the D line. And Stacy brought up this idea that maybe there's some issues at other positions you want to settle up from there, Stacey? I'd, I'd love to get your take here. Sure. So uh, to Sterling's point from a minute ago, uh, I'm not in any position to question. First ballot Hall of Fame head coach Andy Reid, right? That's that's not what this is, right? He's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. I think it kind of started as a thought experiment in a conversation you and I had about some of their position coaches, right? And so – for me, if you think about what position groups are the best coached on this team, defensive line will probably come to mind in Cullen, right? Offensive line would probably come to mind in Heck, Dave Merritt in the secondary, right? With the exception of Merritt, those other coaches actually played the position at a very, very high level, right? Then you have some other positions. There's been some change this year to the receivers coach position, right? Connor Envy will be coaching receivers this year and Todd Pinkston, former NFL receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles has joined the staff to coach running back. And so I started thinking about that. And Pinkston was a player who played wide receiver. He's coached wide receiver at all three levels. It was interesting to me that he's coaching running backs instead of the receivers. Conversely, same thing is true of Connor Embry. He actually played collegiately. He played it at KU, I believe. And he was a running back. So, it almost made me wonder if it might make more sense for them to be switched. Uh, I say that again, because if you look at the best coach positions, it's all by coaches who either had played the position at a very high level like up to the NFL or have coached the position for a long time. I mentioned that Merritt was the exception, but Merritt has coached secondary in the NFL for close to 20 years. So it makes me wonder with things like, let's say the, the, the learning curve for rookie receivers and reads offense. You know, part of the reason why it takes so long for them to get spun up in this offense is because they have so much they have to learn. But it makes me wonder if there was a more experienced wide receiver coach, if that wouldn't help to shorten that learning curve. Mm. Yeah, our, our conversation also stemmed from this. Like when Joe Cullen came in, you know, Chris, look, Chris Jones jumps to the roof, right? He has a year where he's in a conversation for defensive player of the year. Absolutely. Mike Dana enjoys a breakout effort. Turk Wharton looks better before he goes down with an ACL injury. George Karloftis enjoys a good year overall and an especially strong second half of the year where it's clear he was catching on the whole time, you know, 
um, it seemed like everyone was also singing Colin's praises the whole time. I never remember hearing a single defensive lineman say, I love coach Brendan Daly, right? Then when we move Brendan Daly to linebackers, suddenly the defensive line goes bananas and we just shift daily to linebackers. Like it's like he, well, he's got to have a place to go. Let's throw him at linebackers. And the one part of this team that has yet to be, we've just had issues at linebacker for a long time. Willie Gay Jr. still has yet to live up to the overall hype. Nick Bolton is has been a great performer, a great player. I'm, you know, I'm not I'm not down on the whole position group. In fact, linebackers this year look as strong as ever in terms of front to back talent of anything in the last five years that we've had. But what would that unit be like if you had a Joe Colon kind of coach there? So when I was talking about this with Stacy, I was like, man, why are some of these positions, the players play really well, and the players are saying, yeah, our coaches kick ass. They're great. And and like we all know it. And then there's these other positions where it's like, uh, we drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round. He's never turned into anything. Who's been coaching the backs there anyway? We switched Greg Lewis to running backs coach before before now. Now he left to go coach wide receivers in Baltimore, which is like studying dinosaurs in the modern era. I don't know what that's about. Whatever. Anyway, uh, you know, like like it just makes me want like what you're saying. Some of the coaching hires look like really strategic. Let's bring in Joe Cullen from the outside and suddenly everyone's better. But you have a number of positions, especially in offense, where it just seems like uh, who's the next guy up on the list? Step right up. Sure. And so you ended up writing what I thought was a great piece saying, hey, look, I know that we're nitpicking here about a Super Bowl team, but are there some issues with the hiring practices of positional coaches? Yeah, and I think maybe one of the things that I address in the in the piece is that maybe the philosophy for Reed, we all know how he is with his coaching tree. Maybe the philosophy is that he really wants to groom some of these young coaches to give them diversified experiences so they can promote up, right? I, I felt personally like that was what he was doing with Greg Lewis, right? He went from coaching wide receivers to coaching running backs. And I think he was probably in line before Nagy came back to be the next offensive coordinator here once Kafka left. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that may be the philosophy. So that may be the answer to this question. But sometimes yeah. I do look and, and I wonder, Sterling, what's your take on all this? Yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think there is some merit to it. But it also could be as simple as some guys just aren't as good as others at coaching. Just because you were a wide receiver in the NFL doesn't mean that you have to be coaching wide receivers. I think you might have a good outlook on the running back game as well. Having a different outlook and a different viewpoint can help. Uh, You know, Andy Reid, for example, what position did he play in the NFL? You know, I, I think you can you can take a look um, and find guys that fit this narrative. And I'm not saying you're wrong, uh, but 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 I think it's I need a larger sample size, I guess, is what I'm saying before I can make any conclusion. I think you're on the right track and I'm not disagreeing at all. And I think there's obviously questions to be raised, but I don't know if it's necessarily a Joe Cullen, Brendan Daly uh, look at what they they did in the NFL or look what they did at a high-level situation. might be as simple as Joe Cullen just a damn good coach and Brandon Daly just not. It, it, it could be as simple as that. It doesn't come down to what they played at a high level. Um, I would need to see a larger sample size, but I do think there's at least something to where you're coming from. Yeah, and I, there are certainly lots of other factors to consider. Sometimes, you know, personalities don't mesh as well. Um, I, I happen to think Daly is is a good coach. Um, certainly, he has pedigree coming in, um, but you know maybe it wasn't a, a great personality match for him and some of the veteran edge players like Clark, like Jones. So yeah, there's lots of things to consider. But I thought it was an interesting, interesting thing to to ponder on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I th- I think we all want to see a Joe Cullen kind of impact at every position from every position coach. I mean, you know, we are talking about idealized 
football from a fan perspective, what we want to see. Um, and it's rare to see a position coach make as much of an impact as Colin did in a single season for a team like the Chiefs and have the players sort of unanimously pointing to the guy. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a – it's a unique situation. So maybe it's unfair to even project that in some way. I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on here. We have uh, – we want to do one thing and then we'll get to our must list, which is the way we finish up all of our episodes. We have a few weeks left before the NFL draft. We got a lot more draft talk coming in the weeks to come, but I wondered from, from this like sort of one month out or less perspective, if you had like a draft crush right now in your evaluation period, do you have one for the chiefs that you're like, I hope this is the guy they walk away from the draft with. Stacy, I'll start with you. You know, not so much as I as I have in years past. I would say if I have one this year, it would probably be Jalen Hyatt. Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. I think uh, he's got some of that ability to take the top off of defense, right, and get vertical that could absolutely um, bolster this team's ability to to, to – get down the field again. Um, and certainly he played in an offense that gave him an opportunity to get lots of free releases, right? And that won't necessarily be as easy in the NFL, but we know how Andy Reid is about scheming receivers open. So very, very excited about him and his ability to uh, just be explosive and have long speed. And yeah. he's, he's very much a very quality hands catcher as well. Mm. So He and Tony on the field at the same time would just be an absolute nightmare. Gary, Gary stuff. Sterling, what about you, man? Uh, let me stick with Tennessee. Cedric Tillman, wide receiver, uh, 6'3", 213. I'm hoping the Chiefs could draft him in the second round. He seems to be a middle-of-the-second type prospect. Seems like he might go right before he falls to KC in the second round, and I think drafting him in the first would be a, uh, a reach. So – Maybe you can draft up a little bit or trade up a little bit in the second round, but I would like to see Cedric Tillman. Uh, if you want to hear a comp, uh, Lance Zerline, the NFL analyst, his comparison, Michael Pittman Jr. And we've been talking about Michael Pittman Jr. as someone the Chiefs could potentially, hopefully, maybe trade for, might be kind of fun. Why not draft him and have four years of that guy on a rookie contract? Not saying it's a sure thing. We all know those comps don't always mean everything. And frankly, a lot of times they mean nothing. But if you want a bigger bodied guy, the guy can go up and get it. Uh, Cedric Tillman seems to be a good fit. That's the guy I'm going with. Man, amazing that we're all going with wide receivers here because I, I it's got to be a first round grab. But I mean, if we had, if I actually would rather see a defensive lineman early, I think we need D line early and often. But if we walked away from this draft with Zay Flowers, I would just be – I'd be very, very, very happy. Uh, just a high, I mean, he could just be that high-volume target. There's going to be a moment when Travis Kelsey is no longer Travis Kelsey. How Sterling, dare you? How dare I, you? Dude, no, no, how dare you? Don't even say that. Dude, Machine Gun Kelly. Just picture Machine Gun Kelly and, and, and think positive thoughts. Yeah, you know, I hate to – you know, I hate to – Say it, but I mean, you and I have been back and forth, right? The 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 back pain in the playoffs that almost that put him on a questionable list. I mean, that stuff doesn't go away, man. Mid thirties, high productive career. Given the other question marks at the position, you need a sure thing at some point. And Flowers is just Flowers is just totally pro ready. He could be a high volume target. You it just thousand yards a year just take it to the bank so um yeah i just i i i would much rather see an investment on the defensive line i think the need is there um but we also got to start thinking about the long term and and getting that guy in place wouldn't be the worst move and i like flowers a lot i love that love that some would argue he's he's one of the best at separating in this class so yeah can't argue with that at all um yeah I, I love him well let's uh folks this is the uh this is the time of the show where we we uh bring in our producer richard richard you there how's it going guys thank Yo. you for inviting me again onto your show <laughs> Fine. 
I don't even know what to say. That's uh, dude. He could literally so cut us off can... at any moment. We would have no control. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> and then we we bring him back. <laughs> Sorry about that. I story. love it. I love it. Uh, if you're a newer listener or or viewer here, just want to say the must list is how we end each show, where we all bring something to the table that we're geeking out about, that we're into in the moment. It could be anything. I'm pretty sure I mentioned. I don't know. It was a hamburger or something like that. I uh, think I even me. brought up my favorite McDonald land character one time. Cause I was in a hamburger in the moment. It could be a book, a movie, a TV show, a musician, whatever that you're into lately. Let's treat the guest the best. Stacy, can we start with you? Is there, is there something of particular interest that you've been into lately that you'd like to uh, encourage other people to check out? Yeah, man, absolutely. I would say television show. Black Mirror on Netflix. Uh, not currently on, but I would say the best show on television. Yes. Uh, certainly missing it right now. I've been catching up on the old seasons, but uh, if you've never seen that show, uh, absolutely extraordinary anthology series. Stacy, where have you been this whole show? Where, like, why, why is this your first time on the show? That- Good question, man. I see Richard man. smiling. He must also be a fan. I'm a huge fan of, yeah, it's great. I love that show. Dude, Black Mirror is my favorite show just favorite show it just it's unbelievable it's unbelievable it's unbelievable uh yeah it's also scary in the way that it predicts what society is gonna anyway yeah there's a lot we could say about black black mirror but yeah i love that show uh sterling what about you man uh, i have two small ones uh one is the song never too much by luther vandross just just with one shining moment going on right now got to give luther some love and what better way than never too much it's a phenomenal song and the other one i woke up this morning slept with the windows open and i'm just hearing the fluttering birds it's so beautiful outside and all i can think about is many rippertons loving you it's just a beautiful way to wake up right so i woke up and started singing loving you by many ripperton and uh richard you son of a gun So I, I'm very mature, immature. Sterling said I have two small ones and I couldn't help it. So keep keep recommending, oh, buddy. Man, we're so juvenile here. Minnie Ripperton, loving you. Sorry for trying to uh, let people know about a great song from the 70s that just really gets you in your feels on a nice spring morning. But uh, uh, Richard, that was pretty good. Can we clip it like liners? Can we have liners on this show? You know how in radio we have liners, so you just clip it. Can we start clipping these? Yeah, I we think, totally can. I think even Dave Portnoy was like, all right, I'm going to stop listening to these guys now. He's like making their jokes. Uh, I'll go next because I want to make I want to make Richard close out the show. Uh, I went to I went to St. Augustine. Uh, have you guys been there before? I have not. I've never. No, it is. It is the oldest city in America. So it's got like these old embattlement forts from like, you know, the early Spanish conquests and whatever. It's kind of like Quebec City in uh in uh well in in quebec and uh anyway it's so it's got these old like old forts and uh this great light it's just like a ton of history with these like tiny normally especially right now i would not recommend florida to anyone for any reason for any good thing but uh actually saint augustine is yeah a great place to be and uh we had a great time so uh yeah, it was, uh, you know, hey, if you're looking for something that's a little artsy and historic and, yeah, beachy, you know, can't go wrong. So, Dude, look at this shirt. This screams Florida. What are you talking about? I mean, you were, I'm along. I yeah. am a beach man through and through. You give me a Mai Tai, a good book, and I am vibing on the beach. Come on. Love it. Love it. Uh, what about you, Richard? Richard, why don't you close us out? What? Like what's on your must list? On my must list? All right. Well, I've got a big one. Uh, let's recommend a favorite of mine. It's called E.T. I haven't seen this probably since I was a child. I haven't seen this since I had to watch this VHS copy that I've owned since I was a child. So I popped it in and it's an amazing film. It still holds up as an adult. Uh, John Williams' soundtrack is beautiful. Henry Thomas is an amazing child actor who turned into an amazing adult actor. You know, if you've seen his stuff in like Haunting of Hill House. Uh, yeah, if nobody's checked it out ever for some reason, I don't know who you'd be if you do, if you haven't seen <laughs> ET. Probably Sterling. Check out check out ET. It's such a good film. Very heartwarming. Probably Sterling. By the Probably way, is that Sterling. your favorite Spielberg? Do you have a favorite Spielberg? Um, sure. 
let's just say for now, it, it's really great. I mean, honestly, I was I put it on. And I was like, I love this movie. I love the scene where where ET gets drunk, and then so vis a vis, Elliot gets drunk at school. It's a yeah. it's a classic scene. Yeah. How do I not remember ET just boozing? Was it Casey Bierko? Hopefully, hopefully that's what he was. I hope he so. Was oh, <laughs> he, he drank too many uh, Never Say IPAs. Yeah. He did. He did. I don't know. What's your uh, What's your favorite Spielberg, Stacy? Probably E.T. Probably E.T. That's like the first epic film I remember watching as a kid. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love that one. I'm trying to think of some others, but but um, uh, there's so many. It'd be impossible to Close to Encounters. Them. That was like the, that was what I was going to say first, and then I thought about it and I was like, I, I like E.T. a lot though. Yeah. What well, has he done? Oh wait, wait. I take that back. It's the Terminal. That's a good uh, one. I like the Terminal. Uh, yeah. That's a fun one. I had to think That's about that. Tom Hanks. Love it. Uh, Sterling, why don't you take us out of here? This was the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Follow Stacy Smith on Twitter at MC Reach. E M C E E Reach. Uh, Matt Connor is the man. I am so glad you're back, dude. I, I missed you so much. Uh, I know you might not be a huge Florida guy, but I was jealous because I love going to Florida golfing, hitting up the beaches. And again, anytime I give a Mai Tai, uh, call me in. Actually, it's a Mai Tai last night. It's not a your tie. It's a Mai Tai. Uh, Richard is the producer. He's the best guy out here. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't cut me off when I made that horrendous joke. Stacy, this was a great time having you on. Everyone in the chat, we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, we do appreciate all your comments. Uh, it's so, so kind. Sean, I saw you in there. Uh, Nick, Steve, Tone B, uh, Jerome, really appreciate everyone. Everyone in the Discord, thank you guys so much as well. Without you guys, we could not do what we do. It's so much fun having you guys there. Until next time, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We are out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.